G'day guys and welcome to Sidelines with myself, Hannah Davies. For those who don't know me, I'm a sports journalist and netball commentator living in Brisbane with a passion for tackling the big issues in sport off the field. Today's episode is the first in my three-part series where we'll explore sexuality in the AFL. The AFL is the pinnacle of football in Australia, and since the VFL's inception in 1877, the sport has been through a tremendous amount of growth. But despite this, the league is yet to feature any openly gay male footballers. The AFL's female counterpart, the AFLW, possessed a large number of openly queer players, which we'll explore later in the series, but an important part of Australia's demographic is still being kept silent. My first episode, I'll be talking with former AFL player for the Adelaide Crows and current personal excellence and well-being manager for the Brisbane Lions, Andrew Crowell. Crowell previously worked in the AFL Players Association, so it's safe to say he spent half his life on a footy field. Crowley, how are you today? I'm very well. How are you, Hannah? Yeah, very well. Very keen to chat all things footy, as usual. So, Crowley, when we discuss sexuality in the AFL, the figure that stands out like a sore thumb is that there are no openly gay players in the league. It's, of course, an incredibly complex issue, and I can say now that it's not due to just one reason that no player has come out yet. But as a journalist, what I'm wanting to find out is where this fear of coming out stems from. So, Crowley, first, let's chat a bit about your experience in the AFL. As a player and now a club staff member, talk me through the environment inside a football club and what role sexuality plays. It's changed a lot. Um, I think football clubs in 2021 are much more caring for the person than they were years ago and not for any fault of the football club. It was always just a very masculine type sport back when I was playing. There was no well-being or welfare manager or anything along those lines. It was just you rolled up you played footy, you bashed each other on the footy field and then pretty much went home. So, uh, you know, from a focus on education or life after footy, there was nothing like that. So I think it's it's grown enormously to um, probably understand that it's not a full-time job anymore. It's it's a, a job that you might do for 10 years of your life and then you've got to get into something different. So there's certainly been a big focus on on change, and I think the AFLPA has been a, a big um, driver in, in that change. Talking sexuality, so you obviously played for the Crows yep. um, when you were much younger, and then you moved into the players. Wasn't so that much younger? No. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, yeah, shouldn't have phrased it like that. No. Was, Ten years ago. Yeah, five. Five. Maybe. Yeah, something Last like that. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, sexuality, yep. was it, like, is it, is it a thing in men's footy? You know, is it something that they chat about? Is it something people ignore there's there certainly wasn't chatted about when i was playing um it wasn't we certainly weren't trying to identify anyone as having a different sexuality than the norm or if there is a norm um but it was just yeah it it, i do find it unusual though that we're in 2021 and there hasn't uh, been a player that's come out as as gay or, or something along those lines. Um, and we spoke about earlier off the record around in the AFLW, there's uh, a lot of um, gay um, players and yeah, it just seems like it's normal there, but it's, it's sort of not spoken about in the men's men's team. Yeah, and I guess the flip side, like heterosexual relationships and there's even the term wags. So yeah. is it sort of assumed straight up that everyone's straight? I know 
in the women's teams, it's not really assumed, like nothing's assumed, you know, mm. but in the men's, is it kind of assumed that you're straight and that's why you have to come out as such? I'd say so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it would be hard though. I mean, if you put a, there will be a time when someone does come out, it's going to be someone who's got a lot of courage because I think, and, and you see it a bit with racism, like we've gone, we've come so far in that space yet it just seems like every single year we get continual racism happening. So if someone decides that they are going to come out as an AFL player who is gay, they're going to cop criticism from someone. Um, it's just the way it's going to be. So it's going to have to be someone who's courageous. And you look at someone like Adam Goods who, who stood up um, for his, his um, beliefs and his culture and what sort of criticism he copped. So I think we're just starting to realise... Um, you know, how tough it was for Adam to do that. So I certainly think if there is a player out there who is gay and wants to come out, they're probably considering, you know, what sort of backlash am I going to get? What am I going to have to face up to? Yeah, and of course, when we look at backlash, I mean, what has to come to mind for most footy fans, unfortunately, is Akamanis's comments in 2010. Um, he wasn't exactly homophobic as such. Mm. He didn't say he was against gay people, but he actually said that he didn't think the world of footy was ready for someone to come out. So can you talk to me, like, when you hear that from a 2010 perspective and when you mm. look at that now, like, what do you think he was trying to say? Oh, uh, it could probably... Probably was around that backlash. Like, he was probably saying that if, if you do come out, you're going to cop a fair bit of criticism and... Um, and whatever it may be. But I certainly think clubs are well prepared now and I think there's this huge amount of support, of support that um, we would put around a player. And I think we've come to a place as a society now where it's, it's accepted. It's just part of life these days. And if you're the person who's actually criticising it, you're the odd one out. Um, so I think um, things have changed a bit even from 2010 um, around that, but I think it's more, as I said before, like the at the broader community will absolutely support someone that comes out as as gay. There'll be individuals that won't support it, and they're the ones that will have to, uh, yeah, the the person will have to put up with, I suppose. Yeah, and look, I completely agree with you. And something that stands out for me is this role of social media, and I guess keyboard warriors. Mm. And I think we can both agree from times in football club that when you walk into a football club, it's very inclusive and accepting place um particularly sexuality isn't something that's focused on and that's players and staff as well i think you'd agree crowley mm. so this thing of social media so back in 2013 when goods was racially abused there was 1.15 billion active facebook users so that's not that many but today there are 2.89 Mm, which is an lot. enormous, enormous growth. So I guess, do you feel that this backlash isn't actually coming from the clubs or the players per se, but it's actually from people online and those trolls? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at the club we work for, the Brisbane Lions, and I couldn't see any of our staff, players, um, families, partners having any issue with it whatsoever. And I mean... We cross over the men and women's team quite often. There's different races, there's different religions, there's different sexualities. Everyone just gets on fine. It's not even spoken about. So absolutely, it would be the externals that we would have to deal with. And we play a big part in that in, in my role around educating our players on how to deal with those sorts of, of online um, 
issues and trolls, I suppose. We have education sessions every year that, that helps our players set up their accounts so they don't have to see as much of it. But it's, yeah, it is one of those platforms now where everyone's got a voice and unfortunately not all the voices are great. No, completely. Do, do you have any rules with the players? Like, you know, don't read comments straight after the match or, you know, delete social media for 48 hours around the games. Like, what does that look like? And does it vary per player as well? It's very much individualised, um, but it's it's more about education. We, we have very few rules with our players with anything. I mean, there's there's certain contractual contractual um, elements that they have to live up to. But when it comes to drinking... Um, yeah, social media, general behaviour, it comes down to cultural standards, I suppose. And when it comes to social media, we educate them on how to set their accounts up um, the right way so they can limit those kinds of things. Um, but it's we, we very much don't make rules around you can do this, you can't do that. So players, um, I think they understand how social media works as well and they sometimes can kind of have a bit of a laugh about how silly some of the comments can be um, and certainly um, yeah they've got support when things do get out of control a little bit as well and it's it's interesting that you say they have a bit of a laugh and I think that's um you know when we look at our male athletes particularly that is that kind of like larrikin you know thick skin they laugh it off but as someone who does work so closely with the players are there ever those moments where something you know, for those who aren't in the footy community and look up to those players as their heroes, can you shed a bit of light into the things that do affect them? And you know, are they human? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, certainly the racism one is a massive one. Um, that's yeah, we constantly calling out people in that space. Um, there was one recently with one of our players, cop some um, stuff around family. You know, wishing a family member. Had was in a car crash and things like that so it's just some of the stuff you see is disgusting but there's and it certainly does shock them that that some people would write these things um the the other side to it as well is around when these people get called out and if they certainly if they're using their own sort of personal accounts there can be backlash towards them as well because then they'll people will say, I can't believe you made these comments. And all of a sudden, they're the ones that start getting trolled online as well. So we've certainly seen that. It, it's just one of those things where you just wish people would take a deep breath before they wrote something. Because um, a lot of the time it's done when a, a, you know, a game's won or lost or a player's played well or kicked a goal or done something along those lines. And it's um, just personal attacks trying to make them feel better and make the player feel worse and it's just take a breath and go and punch a tree do something yeah. do something differently because <laughs> it's just anything. yeah go kick yeah. a footy yeah just exactly yeah do something productive yeah yeah but i do think people people who do make the comments they do forget that they're the players are just people as well yeah. and I, I remember as a young fella not too long ago when i played at the crows <laughs> rolling into training and there were blokes like Andrew McLeod and Mark Rusciuto and Mark Bickley and Sean Rand. These were the superstars that I'd watched on on TV. And after day one, I remember saying to my dad, they're just, they're just normal people, dad. And and it was, they're just normal people. So it, it, it does, it is hurtful that there are people out there that just think they're, you know, these, you know, I don't know what they are. They're like um, possessions that just play footy yeah I, I completely agree and I think it's so tricky calling people out is exactly what you want to do and I guess that sets the standard but 
you said before that then that can actually turn and then we see you know why are you calling out a 13 year old they mm. don't know any better yep but it's like should we should we actually just know better mm. you know or should the parents know better like someone eventually has to know better yeah right yeah and i think that's where you see a lot of the times the brisbane lions have called out people online there's been a follow-up message around support and education and that's that's one thing our players have certainly driven as well if if there are racist comments made it is um 100 unacceptable that those comments are made but use this as an opportunity to educate yourself um, so that's that's a message that we put out regularly with any sort of online abuse that we get because we, we don't want anyone to be trolled and that's you know if if it's a young 15 year old who's you know got hot under the collar and he's you know, he's done something silly then all of a sudden he's getting online threats so that we don't want that that's it doesn't help anyone no it doesn't and i think what, what i'm thinking now is that with racism it's you know it's pretty hard to hide your race you know that's something that's tangible and you can mm. see it but with sexuality i mean that's a real choice that these players have to make so as the person in the club that looks after the well-being you know has the lions and do other clubs sort of have a plan for when that person does come out if it is in your club you know what does that look like to you it would absolutely be one of support education so we would look at it firstly we would hope that we've built relationships well enough with our players that they would feel comfortable coming to talk to us about it um, and then once that person came and spoke to us about it we would set up a very clear plan on how it would, would happen um, we would certainly get some professional support around them as well to make sure that if, if they do cop some backlash or some negativity anywhere, then they've got the professional um, support that they may need. Um, and even things as far as speaking to family members and, and their loved ones, just getting around those guys to make sure they're supported as well. So there would certainly be a, a very clear plan in place on how it would, you know, if, if it was to be released or something like that, how it would happen and and what supports and um, sort of safety nets we put up around each of the players. Yeah, definitely. On another note, and I want to talk role models. So speaking to other players and um, umpires that are gay and those younger ones, not in the professional uh, sphere, but, you know, those levels below, it's often thought when you're younger, you know, you have these role models and you look up to, and if you see someone else that's done something you know, you see another Indigenous player, you know, Charlie Cameron, perfect mm. example. Like, yep. he is just the lead, like one of the leaders, mm. um, whether he kind of chooses to be or not. Um, but it is kind of a choice that the players have to be a role model or to do their profession, which is just being a footy player. So I want to get your thoughts on what you talk about with the boys in terms of, you know, do you step up and be that role model? If someone did come out as openly gay, it's, it's a massive, you know, weight on your shoulders to be that first person as mm. a role model. How do, how do they kind of respond to that? So if you weren't in a footy club, you could kind of understand what that's like. Mm. Yeah, I think I don't think they'd have a choice, to be honest, about being a role model. And I think that's part of probably what their consideration would be. Like it, it's, um, you know, if you can just imagine if a player decides to come out how much attention they're going to get there's going to be a huge amount of organizations that are going to want to attach themselves to this that player um you can just imagine the focus so it's it's probably going to be one of those things that's just hugely overwhelming for them um and they're going to be a role model like everyone's going to look up to them um 
and you'd imagine that it's almost like it's uh, I don't know how you say it, but it's like when the um, the the bridge sort of breaks or the the banks of the river breaks, and once one person stands up and says, "Right, that's it. I'm I'm coming out. I'm gonna gonna do it." There might be other players out there that say, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do it as well." So um, yeah, it's 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 always an interesting conversation around that role model um, sort of tag because a lot of the players regardless if they want to or not they are they're in the public eye and and their behavior um they play young young people look up to them and and want to model their behavior yeah and it's it's really interesting to see like sport by sport because um there are other leagues in australia that don't necessarily have that same mindset that the players Mm. are immediate role models um but yeah it doesn't surprise me at all that at least the boys here at the Lions um, kind of feel that they, you know, do step into that role straight away. Yeah, well, I just look at my kids. I don't have any control over who my kids look up to. So, you know, they can, you know, one minute they've got a Zach Bailey jumper on, the next minute they're a Oscar McEnany fan. And, you know, they're getting to that age now where they, you know, my oldest one's got social media, so he follows a couple of players. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just... He wants to be like a Charlie Cameron, so that's Charlie doesn't decide that. I don't decide that. That's just what happens. So when Charlie goes out and buys a new fishing rod, next thing my oldest lad wants the same <laughs> fishing rod. So that's just yep. just the way it works, I think. So yeah, um, yeah. And there are things that we sort of help the players with as well. We and I think part of that discussion is that they are very public these days. Thank God that wasn't the case when I was a young fellow playing football because. Um, I think that was just uh, like the responsibility on the players' shoulders these days is huge, um, but their lives are lived in the public eye, and their off-field lives are lived in the public eye through Instagram and Facebook and these things now. So certainly, we help them with what their image looks like and what their personal brand is like away from football. That's really important. Yeah, and it's it's so funny that like you even have a personal brand you know it's yeah that's right you're this athlete and that's your career but then you also have this brand that's you know a product and you you know almost sort of sell it and promote it too well that's the that's the tricky part about social media Uh, social media in one respect is really harmful to our players and to everyone but on the other hand it's a fantastic tool now there's they can use their social media um, to promote themselves promote brands um you know, and it and it becomes really effective for them. Yeah, completely. Well, Crowley, I think we've had an awesome chat today. It's um, been good. Yeah, covered a lot of ground, but I think we can both agree that it'll be an exciting time when the person does decide to come out as openly gay. Next episode of Sideline, we'll chat to AFL Queensland umpire Tyler Hickson about his story coming out as an openly gay umpire in a time where role models weren't available and the lime green was as unflattering as ever. See you next time.